This is Season 3 of The Score, the Team Roping Journal's regular podcast where the team roping world talks. We've told the stories of some of the greatest cowboys, horses, and moments in the sport, and we're so far from done. In 2020, we'll bring you more of what you've come to expect, like interviews with the best cowboys and cowgirls we know, and we'll dive even deeper into subjects you care about. Look for more audio editions of the Team Roping Journal stories you might have missed in print, and learn about the great horses shaping the sport and great challenges facing our industry. All this and more in 2020. I'm Chelsea Schaefer. Holy cow, guys. Season three of The Score coming in hot. I cannot believe that we are heading into our third year of this undertaking and that you all have listened to this podcast between The Score and The Short Score almost a half a million times. During the finals, you listened to this podcast 53,000 times. Holy moly, guys. That's pretty amazing. I cannot believe you all listen to us every week. I'm so excited that you do. I'm so, so grateful that you do because if you weren't, we wouldn't have folks supporting us and we would not have the ability to do this every other week and then every week on the short score. So I hope that we can help you get through your week, make it a little bit more enjoyable, and I hope you all enjoyed talking to us or listening to us talk about team roping this much more. Season 3 is kicking off with Tate Kirkenschlager. He's a 27-year-old Colorado native who now resides in Morgan Mill, Texas, and he's fresh off his first NFR appearance. Now, nine years into his PRCA career, Tate got the big hit he needed when he won San Antonio, one of the biggest building rodeos of the year, with Ross Ashford and skyrocketed to the top of the PRCA's world standings. The road was a very long one for Tate because he made his living as a horse trainer, finishing no higher than 47th in the world standings before that first trip to the finals in December. Tate, who will get married in 2020, is rodeoing with his San Antonio championship partner, Ross Ashford, this year, and he's still riding the horse of the year, Jules Smokescreen. He is all in on a return trip to Las Vegas, and we talk about that and a whole lot more on this episode of The Score. Before we get into the interview, we've got to thank our partners at Neutrina and Safe Choice. Check them out at neutrinaworld.com backslash safe choice, and you'll learn more about them at the commercial break. Well, hey, Tate. We are fresh off your first NFR. I'm glad we waited right now yeah. until right now yeah. to talk. Yeah, me too. Well, okay, so I, guess, I mean, we have to start with the NFR. Talk about, you know, your, how many days? We were like 14. five, well, we're five days Oh, past the NFL? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, five or six days now. Yeah. Have you had a chance to process? Oh, I mean, a little bit. I want to get, I mean, I didn't want to leave. I mean, I did. I was ready to go home a little bit. I was tired of riding around in taxis and stuff. But as far as the rodeo, that's, it's a blast. It is. Was it? Now, how do you feel about how you roped? Like, do you want 10 more there right now? How do you feel about it? Um, I mean, yeah, of course, like everybody wants to go back tomorrow. I mean, I do want to go back as many times as I can, but. I felt like I, I roped I roped pretty good, I thought. Um, there were some barriers I broke. A couple of them I should have handled a little bit better. But, I mean, I enjoyed it. I had fun roping with Tyler. I mean, it was a blast. I mean, I was glad we got to rope together. I had a blast roping with him. And, yeah, I thought it went good for us. Yeah, that's so true. Now, Smoke, were you happy with Smoke there? Yeah, I thought um, there was some stuff I wish I'd have prepared different. Should have worked on facing him a little better. But as far as... Uh, Standing there and giving me a flat go, never ducking or nothing. I thought he did great there. I got the same. He gave me the same go ten nights in a row. I, I was happy with how he did. Yeah, I thought he did good. I thought he could do a little better in spots, but I thought he did good. I think the most excitement that we saw from the fans about your team was obviously when Tyler got on Shug too. 
that one on sugar that was pretty cool that was a pretty awesome team to have i don't know if that's ever happened before to have the head and heel horse of the year on the same team at the finals yeah i actually asked powder about it if him and riley ever oh, rode yeah. bob and ray but he said it was different times mm -hmm. never and even powder he thought that was the first time the head and heel horse were mm -hmm. the same and that, that's what Worley said too uh, no excuses to do bad now we, we got the best <laughs> no excuses to do bad now we got too good of horses to not do good so so yeah that was good i was glad billy jack let him ride him and it was it was a good yeah it was fun it was cool now okay so let's let's start back before your very first set of art your first year in the prca was 2010 mm. a while ago maybe I yeah 10 or 11 maybe mm -hmm. 11 yeah 11 i think yep 11 okay so what talk about the journey to this point what were you doing how did it get to this point it was a long long yeah, it was a long journey. I rodeoed an 11 a little bit, or quite a bit, a little bit. And then uh, in 12, I think it was 12 was the first year Dakota made it, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. 12, I rodeoed with him until California, and then I rodeoed with another guy until Cheyenne. I went home. And then uh, 13, I rodeoed all of the 13 with Will Woodfin. We just missed it by 10 or 12,000, like everybody does that Did miss it. Did you guys win the wildfire? No, 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 he, he won it with, with Bubba. With Bubba. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and then 13, I rodeoed all year. I rodeoed the winter of 14. I didn't do any good. And then, really, I didn't rodeo. I'd go to the winter rodeos, but I didn't really rodeo again until 18, really. No, it had been 17. 17, 18 right there, I rodeoed and then made it in 19. Yeah, so it uh, – but right there in between, I guess you could say 13 and 17, I, my old horse went down. I never really had a horse. And then smoke come along, and then – I took off rodeoing in mm -hmm. 17 or 18, yeah. What were you doing in the time that you weren't rodeoing? Uh, there was a guy that had a covered arena in Morganville, Texas, and it worked out kind of good when I kind of, into 13 or 14, he bought it, and I went to work for him just training horses. I just rode horses, trained horses, traded some cows, jacked around, just played around, made some horses. It was, it was good. That I mean, if it wasn't for that place, I wouldn't have been able to make that horse. And So, yeah, that mm -hmm. just roped, I guess. Gotcha. Now... Were you raised in Yuma with Dakota? How, like, tell me, how the, what was it like when you were a kid? Um, so I was raised in Yuma my whole life. He was just raised in Kersey until he was like 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. He moved to Texas. And then, but uh, me and Trevor grew up right there in Yuma our whole life. It was, it was good. I mean, we had every opportunity. You know, we'd get home from school at 3 o'clock, and Dad would always have horses saddled and stuff. So, I mean, we roped quite a bit. I mean, a lot. Yeah, it was, it was nice. I liked it. It was good. Did your parents both rope? Uh, yeah, mom, dad always roped. Mom did. She kind of quit when we were young, but dad, he roped with us all through high school until we graduated. Did you junior rodeo a bunch? Or? Oh, yeah, we junior rodeoed, high school rodeoed, amateur rodeoed in Nebraska. I mean, they didn't have a junior rodeo without us. We went to them all, yeah. <laughs> so what did you win in the junior? Were you, were you just killer in the junior rodeos? Uh, no, not really. I, I did better in, like, the freaking flag race and stuff like that <laughs> than I did in the rope and stuff, but... Uh, we roped calves, bro. We did every event, everything we could. But uh, Are there barrel uh, racing and pole bending pictures? Yeah, we did that. Yeah, we did that. Mom made us do that. We did that until we couldn't do it anymore. But, <laughs> yeah, we did it all. We did it all. That's awesome. So what what was your dad like as far as in the practice pen? What were your mom and dad like? Mom never come to the practice pen. She didn't like coming to the practice pen. Dad Dad was strict. I mean, it was it was by the book, and Dad, dad was strict. I mean, we... We dang sure got our fair shares of ash chewings. I mm -hmm. mean, dad, dad was strict, but it paid off. Like, you know, it, it was good. I like that he was that strict now. I mean, then it kind of sucked, but now it, it paid off because 
you know, it was, he never let us just go practice without a purpose. It didn't matter if we were 10 years old or 16 years old, we had to practice with a purpose. And now I see why, like now it makes us to where we know, like, I feel like now I know how to practice from that. So it, it was good. Like the practices, they were strict. I mean, it was, it was intense practice. It wasn't, there wasn't much just, hey, let's go rope for fun. It was, it was intense practices, but it was good. I was glad it was that way. What were, what were you particularly bad at or what was something that you got in trouble for a lot or what was one of his pet peeves? Um, when I wanted to learn how to reach, I wanted to start learning how to reach and boy, he hated that. He would not let me do that. He hated it. And, uh, right there until, and then when I kind of did learn how to reach and I'd catch, he was fine with me reaching if I'd catch, he didn't want to, he hated us missing practicing. Like he did not want us to miss practicing. So when I was learning how to reach, boy, that, that was a fight for a while. It took about six or eight months. And then when I got to where I could reach a little bit and catch him, then he was, he was kind of okay with it, but he, he didn't like us missing. He didn't want us missing. How old were you when you were learning how to reach? Oh, I don't know. I'm still learning how to reach. I don't <laughs> think I reach very good. I don't think I reach very good now. I should have started earlier. Probably 15, mm-hmm. right around 15 or 16, right in there. I started. I was trying to learn how to throw coil, two coils, mm-hmm. like everybody does, right in there. So did they have to push you to get out and ride a lot? Or, or how, like, how driven were you yourself as a kid? I didn't think they had to push us a lot. Like, we always enjoyed roping. We always wanted to rope. I mean, don't get me wrong. They always had our horses ready to go for us. We always wanted to rope. And then I would say we were driven, but I would say it really hit me around, honestly, when I was about, I'm 27 now, probably right around 22 mm-hmm. is when it really hit me. Like, so from 18 to 22, I just, you know, I roped and rodeo jacked around or whatever. And then about 22, it was like, if you're going to do it, we got to be a full-time deal. And that's when I worked for Gerald. So that that's when the driven part set in, like, uh, 10 or 12 horses to ride like treat it like a business we got to get up we got to get it done like so i would say the driven part didn't set in till 20 you, i got tired of losing i yeah. mean i think i think when people when we were young it was easy i mean we won just like all the other little kids win and then um i got tired of losing when i was about 22 and that's when it set in to start working at it harder what kind of horses were you on as a kid good oh, ones had, trainers uh, no we, they had us great horses the, are we all we always had one or two really good horses to compete on and then they always had us um, a couple practice horses, but our practice horses were pretty dang good. I mean, honestly, we were spoiled as kids. We had great horses. Our, our horses growing up were better than they should have been. We were spoiled as kids, yeah. We didn't have to ride very much shit. We no? were pretty lucky. Yeah, we were pretty dang lucky growing up. Our horses were good, yeah. That's funny. I always just remember Dakota's stories of some of the stuff he got on back then. But you guys weren't, you're not brothers. No, so no, we're not. Yeah, like, it was opposite. I, mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. His dad put him on some shit. Like, he... <laughs> I, he got the bad end of the straw there. Like yeah. we were spoiled. I, he had to. He had to ride some shit. Yeah, yeah I will. Vouch always yeah, bond I will. Over yes, that. I will. I will. Uh, I will vouch for him there. He did have to ride some some shit. Gotcha. Yeah. A little different. Little yeah, it was there. definitely different. Different picture there. But awesome. So when did you? So you stayed in Colorado until how old? And then when did you move to Texas? And why? Um, I graduated. I think I was eighteen. And then um, I just wanted to go to Texas to rope. I mean, I just, growing up, pretty much from 15 to 18, all I heard about was Texas. I wanted to go down there. As soon as I graduated, I went down there. I did college for a semester. I didn't like it. And then, I mean, I stayed down there quite a bit. I'd come back to Colorado for a month or two, but I just always tried to stay. I mean, everything was down there you wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if, yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd rope more, go to more ropings, be around the people that rope. So I tried to stay down there as much as I could. Gotcha. Now, um, who were some of your role models? Obviously, your dad had a big influence, but who else? 
Um, yeah, when I was real young, I didn't have a, I didn't know enough to really have a role model. I would say like when I started 16 to 18, like really seeing what was going on, I really liked Turtle Pal, Chad Masters, you know, guys like that. Like I really liked the way they roped and people like that. I really like. I mean, I still to this day, I think Chad Masters is the most underrated header in the PRCA. Yeah. I mean, that, I think he's the most underrated header. I mean, nobody talks about him. They talk about Driggers, Clay Smith, which don't get me wrong, they're in a league of their own. But, I mean, Chad Masters is legit. And so, I mean, he's still the person I probably look up to nowadays. Well, Chad knows I would love to talk to him, but he doesn't like to answer his phone and do interviews. So, yeah, I believe that. in my I defense, that. I <laughs> could see that. One of the reasons we don't talk yeah, as much about that. I could see Chad being that way, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. When we do get to talk to Chad, though, we get great stuff. Yeah, Chad, he's he's an interesting character. Yeah. He's something. Yeah, he is. <laughs> okay. So talk about training horses. What have you learned since you kind of started taking it seriously with training horses? What are I'm oh, sure you've learned I mean, a ton. Yeah, I've learned a bunch. I mean, I still got a bunch to learn. I still, I mean, I still don't think I'm as good as I need to be at it. And um, I don't know. Patience is the main thing mainly patience that's mm-hmm. that's the main thing and under and then i think another thing is you got to understand what the horse is capable of doing like if he's not capable of being that open caliber don't mess him up by trying to make him that way make him as good as he can be and then let him be what he can be like don't try to make a horse into something he can't be mm-hmm. that that's main thing is understanding the horse you got to understand what works for the horse you got to understand what don't work for him you got to understand how far you can push him so like i think i've learned a lot of that in the last three to five years how far to push them, when to back off, when not to push. And and pay attention. Like if you'll pay attention, the horse will tell you. You got you got to be able to you got to be able to know when the horse is telling you to quit or push harder. Like that's that's what's the hardest part about understanding it. But I do believe when you have a good horse and they want to be good, you're just riding them. They're, they're training themselves. Like I I do believe. Like JD says it all the time. You know, good horses make great horsemen or whatever. I don't know exactly how he says it, but it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. if you got a horse that's going to be good, if you're just riding them, they're training themselves. I mean, they, they really are. Like, Smoke, I mean, he's a good horse. He was broke when I got him. I mean, I he trained. I just roped on him. I, mm-hmm. It wasn't – it wasn't. I mean, don't get me wrong. I slow steer, score, you know, just what everybody does or whatever. But, I mean, they – good horses train themselves, I think, anyway. It's time to get more from your horse feed, don't you think? That's why Safe Choice provides great tasting choices with high quality nutrition, including superior amino acid levels for a strong top line. So whether you're looking for more performance results or simply healthy benefits for more quality time together, you'll get more peace of mind when you feed Safe Choice. See what's new and find a retailer near you at neutrinoworld.com backslash safe choice. Do you have a favorite bit that fits better with your hands than, like, the bit that you grab right away when you get yeah, a horse in? I got a lot of corrections, a lot of mm-hmm. solid corrections. You know, Daryl Davis is, Kerry Kelly's solid. I've never liked chains. I'm not a chain guy. I hate chains. Um, I, I've just, they never felt good mm-hmm. in my hand. But a solid correction, I've probably got seven or eight different style of solid corrections. And for some reason, that's always felt good to me in my hands. I've used them forever, it feels like. So that's that's what I like. Even when you were a kid? Uh, to be honest, I used whatever Dad told me to when I was a kid. <laughs> I mean, freaking, we didn't, I mean, he knew more about it than we did. He had our stuff lined up for our horses. I, Honestly, I didn't know what a bit did. I didn't know brands of bits until I turned probably 18 to 20 years old. Like, it was always, Dad said that one worked on that horse, and that's what we rode. Like, mm-hmm. I I never heard of Kerry Kelly. I never heard of Daryl Davis. I never heard of 
nothing. All I knew was whatever we had in the room that Dad gave us. I, so I didn't get involved in learning about that stuff until I was probably 18 to 20. And uh, I've just always, the corrections have felt good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I experiment. I mean, I bet I've been through hundreds of bits trying to experience it. But, yeah. Now, as far as headgear goes, do you, do you like anything other than a tie-down? Do you? No, I just, I've tried everything. Like, just like everybody else, horse isn't working good. His head's up. Try a brain chain or, a, mm-hmm. you know, a headset or whatever they call them. And honestly, that's just a Band-Aid over the problem. Like, so I, I've come to find out just put a tie-down on them and make them work. I, I do believe in starting young horses without a tie-down. I like roping on them when they're green without a tie-down to get them listening to me better. But I do believe, I think tie-down helps balance more than anything. So I do believe rope horses do need tie-downs. I think it helps them balance more than it does anything. So I, I'm a firm believer. I'll put a mouth shutter on some horses. Like mm-hmm. sometimes Praxin, I'll put a, a cabison on smoke. He, he wants to open his mouth a little bit sometimes. But besides a cabison, tie down, normal bridle, I, t- I try to keep it simple. Simple. Gotcha. What about, um, so now that you've been in the PRCA for a while, eight yeah. years or so, yeah. there's a lot of politics that a guy could get into if he wanted to. Do you pay attention to everything that's going on as far as PRCA board meetings and this and that? Yeah. No, I, I got plenty of my own stuff to worry about. <laughs> I got plenty to keep me busy. I, I try to keep up with, you know, what the rodeos are doing. Like this year we got to go to X amount of tour rodeos or this rodeo's taking this many teams. Like I try to keep up with what I need to keep up with to make sure I can take care of the business side of it. But, no, I don't. I don't. I mean, Sherwood keeps up with it. I talk to Sherwood about some stuff sometimes, but yeah. I got plenty of my stuff to keep me busy. Yeah, for sure. Now we're sitting here at the Denver Qualifier which I'm sure you've been to before yeah, in the yeah. past. I've been here a few times, yeah. <laughs> is this going to be your circuit, by the way? Uh, yeah, I'm going to claim Mountain States. I Are like the circuit up here. go to enough Mountain States? Uh, I hope so. I hope so. I need to. Last year I didn't. I was need it an to. accident that you didn't go to? No, I, I told Buddy when we started roping, I said, um, it's the money at the circuit finals ain't going to count for 2020. I said my ultimate goal is to make the national finals. I said I, I could care less to make the circuit finals this year. I said I want to. I want to make the national finals. So we didn't we didn't plan accordingly. We didn't we didn't duck off for none of them. We went to some of them, but we didn't. It was not a priority. And this year the money's going to count for 2021. So I do I do want to go to the right amount of count. I will duck off and make sure I get my count this get year. To Grover and Evergreen, yeah, Evergreen and, and Elizabeth yeah, and all. when we can. Yeah, yeah. This one counts right here. I should, you know, yeah. so I got one. Yeah, I'm, one. I'm doing good. I'm doing good. So now tell us why you had to come to the Denver Qualifier. Yeah, we just, we didn't do a very good job taking care of business. <laughs> we didn't we didn't get our P's and Q's. We didn't do what we were supposed to, so that's oh. why we're here. I thought maybe Ross wasn't high enough to get in Denver. No, he finished like 19th. Oh, I mean, okay. yeah, we so should have yeah, got I in sh- Denver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, we we didn't do our job and get our stuff done in time. <laughs> we, uh, yeah. I, didn't I just, mean to put I just, no, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to throw Ross under the bus. <laughs> no, he didn't buy his card in time. That's what, and that was like yesterday. Everybody's asking why you're here, and Ross didn't buy his card in time. I got tired of throwing him under the bus, <laughs> so I just told everybody we needed the practice. It's circuit rodeo. That's why I'm here. I need another circuit rodeo. Yeah, and it's kind of on the way to Texas. Yeah, it's on the way to the house, yeah. yeah. No, it, it really does, though. It counts. <coughs> so if, if we can make the rodeo, it'll count for two circuit rodeos. Yeah. So I've just been telling everybody I need the count. A little extra money. Yeah, yeah, because it adds a lot. Yeah. A little 800 bucks on yeah, the way yeah, home from no, the national finals. We need the practice. That's why we're here. <laughs> we need the practice. What did you guys no. do on your first one? We didn't do any good. So you need uh, the practice. Yeah, we need. Yeah, good we thing. do. We do that good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Prove it. We do. We need to catch today. <laughs> but no, it's 
I don't mind. It's I, I do think you got to have the all-in mentality to rodeo. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, those people that try to take shortcuts don't have that all-in mentality. I think that, I think you got to have the all-in mentality, whether it means going to the qualifier or, you know, going places you don't want to go, you got to go. Mm-hmm. you got to have the all-in mentality, you know. So I think you have to do stuff like this. I think it pays off in the end. Yeah. Yeah, speaking of that all-in mentality, Buddy has the all-in mentality, right? Yeah, Buddy takes it to the extreme. <laughs> Buddy, <laughs> Buddy takes all the mentality of the stream, but that's why Buddy does good. I mean, yeah. and I respect him for it, and um, I like his. I mean, and I learned that from him this this summer. Like, you got to have that all in mentality, and it'll pay off for him. That's why he's made the finals twice. That's why he's going to make it again. I mean, because he does he does have that all in mentality, and you got to have it. I mean, because if you don't, there's because I really do think you know there's 15 guys that go to the finals every year. I think there's only about 30 to 35 that have that all-in mentality. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have all-in mentality, you're not going to make it. So you got to be one of those guys that do. Like, And I think that's why some people struggle. They don't have that mentality. And that's I think it hurts them in the long run. So if you were to describe a little bit more about what that mentality means, on a day-to-day basis, what does that mean to you? Oh, I mean, I think it means, you know, Nobody wants to make the long drives to the rodeos that aren't as good. I mean, we all want to go to Houston. We all want to go to San Antonio. They're a blast. But it's going through the little steps. Like, nobody wants to come to the Denver qualifier. But you want to win Denver. You want to make the finals. You need to go. You're all in. You go. You know, you show up. You get done at Austin. You have 35,000 won. California's fun. But it's like, man, I don't want to drive out there, be out there for a month. No, you drive out there. You go out there. Even if you only win 3,000 out there. You, you went out there, you're chasing points. It's it. You put it on paper, it don't make sense. You're chasing points. You need to be all in from the word go. Like, you know, I think, and Buddy made a good point this summer, the people that say, well, we're going to rodeo hotel Cheyenne, see how it looks. You're just, you're looking for a time to go home. Yeah. You know, the guys that make the finals every year, when they show up to Odessa, they know they're going to tell Stephenville. Like, they're all in, they're going to tell Stephenville. And I think that's that's how you have to be. Like you, if you look for a spot to go home, you'll be going home. Mm-hmm. Like you, you won't win enough. But if you if you can make yourself bear down, and I know it costs a lot, and you got to find a way, just like everybody's got to find a way. But if you if you can make yourself bear down and go all the time, like I don't even mind. I like going to unofficial rodeos. You know, experience young horses. Um, I think it helps. The more steers you can run behind the barrier, the better. So I mm-hmm. I think that's kind of all in mentality. I well, guess. That's a good answer. What, like, you, you brought up money, like, that it costs a lot. What are, without saying anything that's too offensive, what are some of the things that you have had to do when you needed money to oh, make it work? Man, it's just, it just it, like, now I'm fortunate enough that deal in Morgan Mill, that indoor arena I worked out was good. I trained horses. I got a little bit of a name built up to ride some horses. So, like, now... The off months, I've always I've always got seven to ten outside horses, you know, good young horses. I start for people. So anytime I have months off, ride horses for people, train horses, you know, make that 900 a month, you know, train. Just anytime I have a chance to make an extra dollar, just hustle around and do it. Like, don't don't sit around and be lazy. Like, there's always money to be made out there when you're at home. You just you got to go do it or you'll be in a bind. You'll get in a real big bind. So the main thing is I just try to hustle any chance I got, mm-hmm. any chance I get. Like last fall, I stayed at my dad's house with Dr. Deerlands for 60 days straight. I mean, I didn't want to do it, but it paid too good not to do it. So I think just whatever you can find to do. Next time you do that, let us know. I have like four or five head that I can send for <laughs> yeah. you to ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's good out there. It is. But, um, yeah, you just people got to find a way to make 
money and what everything's different for everybody like buddy he stays down there at webs you know and makes money down there and everybody's got you just got to find what it is that works and then do it tyler wade does private lessons outside horses it's the same way over there at his yeah i mean he'll make two hundred dollars on jersey calves i mean (laughs) it is i mean he'll sell goats i mean it's whatever whatever it is and and he's a hustler i mean when he's home oh my gosh (laughs) he blows my mind he's not going to lose ten dollars over something i promise you that but but it's the same way at his house when he's home he's constantly doing something and Mm -hmm. i think that's how all those guys are that's how you got to be i think yeah for sure man you grew up cowboy in a lot right yeah yeah we had cows and helped the neighbors and yeah it was a great lifestyle growing up i mean it, it was fun yeah so do you miss that as far as in making horses now that you don't have or do you have access to all yeah, the cows and the we still got cows but i don't have access like i used to i mean i do like my dream deal would be to manage a ranch one day i love cattle i love the ranch and lifestyle like i, I wish i had a ranch but i don't i mean and I, um, yeah, that I love that lifestyle, and mm-hmm. it would be nice to have that. I don't know. I don't know. If, I mean, I'm. I don't know if I'll ever fall into something or manage a ranch or what. But that would be the ultimate deal to have a ranch, manage somebody's ranch, horse program. Like, but I do. I love that lifestyle. I I think that is one of the best lifestyles. It seems like you're certainly making enough good horses without access to a ton of cows in big yeah. country, but yeah, it's just a little different. Like now, when I get them, they got to be they. Somebody has already had to take them through the ranch process mm-hmm. before I can jack with them. Where I used to be able to get them as three and four year olds with thirty rides on them, and I could ranch on them and do it, but I can't do it now. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I got to have horses that somebody else already had done it, that done on. Gotcha. Now tell me about your partner for this year. Ross was a rookie of the year. Two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm excited to rope with him. He ropes good. He's a real nice kid. He's funny. I, I, I'm super. I think I'm more excited to rope with him than I have been anybody in my mm-hmm. whole life. I mean, that's what I told somebody this morning on the phone. I think I got the best partner that I've probably ever had. Like, I I mean, I am excited to rope with him. Yeah. And he's made his mistake for the year of not buying his card in time to go to Denver. So. <laughs> yeah. I don't hold it against him. When he, <laughs> I called him, or it, it was kind of my fault, because I called up there and entered, and they said, hey, your partner's flashing. And I was in Vegas, and I was running around like, well, maybe he forgot to pay a fine at Belleville. Mm-hmm. And then we get the callbacks were drawn out, and then it hit me. I'm like, well, he couldn't have bought his card if he was didn't pay his fine, because you got to have all your fines mm-hmm. before you paid your card. I'm like, well, shit, I knew he didn't buy his card in time, you know, and I called him. I'm like, hey, did you buy your card? Yeah, I just bought it yesterday. I'm like, the book's literally opened before you bought your card. And so I just laughed at him. I didn't, I don't hold it against him. I don't care one bit. I mean, I don't mind roping here. It's, I, I like him, so I, I don't ever get mad at him. I so you're going to do all the entering then? Oh, yeah, I love entering. I, you I, do? Oh, I love entering. I, I, it, I mean, I do. I like trying to figure out the best places to go, how to do it, stay on top of it. Like, I, I enjoy it. I think we're going to buddy with Garrett Chick and Walt Woodard a little bit, and um, I'm going to enter them. I, I love entering. I, I like mm-hmm. doing the entering. I enjoy it. It's it's hard, but it's fun. I enjoy it. That'll be cool. That'll be uh, – Walt likes to travel by himself, but you'll undoubtedly have to spend some time over the 4th of July yeah. and stuff with him in a truck. Oh, you'll I know. Something. It's Me and Walt, we've really kind of hit it off in the last year. Really? Um, I went over there and practiced a bunch and stayed around there and i mean i bet i i talked to him this morning on the phone i bet we talk on the phone every day i mean walt and i have really kind of hit off i'd say we became pretty good friends last summer i bet i talked to him every day all summer he's he's hilarious yeah what don't people know about walt woodard i feel like he's all business all the time so i don't i don't know a lot walt's got a funny side to him a real funny side and what 
I understand why I don't talk to people because he does schools all the time. Mm-hmm. So, like, he's always having to entertain, entertain, entertain. Mm-hmm. So when he's done with the schools and he's outside the school circle, like, it's nice. I see why people are like, man, he's always by himself, always doing his own thing. Well, he's tired of entertaining people. He mm-hmm. gets tired of talking to people, which I can see, but he is hilarious. <laughs> I mean, gosh, he's hilarious. I, I enjoy talking to him. I, he's taught me a lot. He helps me. Still, to this, I mean, he's always giving me advice. I ask, I mean, if I go to somebody for advice, I usually ask Walt for a lot of advice. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's a good role model. He is. I bet he, yeah, I bet he is full of good advice, I too. mean, he, as re- far as, like, the business side of rodeo, if you look and see what Walt Woodard has and what he does every day now, like, and actually being over there and seeing what goes on, mm-hmm. I think he has done better on the business side of things for himself and rodeo than anybody else has. Probably I, so, I, I yeah. think so, His yeah. place is amazing. Yeah, his place amazing. He's got, you know, schools constantly. People wanting him to teach him how to rope or him teach them how to rope. And uh, I think on the business side of it, I think he's one of the best there is. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited to watch you rope this year. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it'll be a fun year. Hopefully <laughs> hopefully we can do good. But it's it's uh, Lane Ivy said it best last time last year. We showed up to Odessa, and um, I don't know. We were talking about something and said nobody cares about 2018, Tate. It's over with. <laughs> no, because I, I told him something about the finals. He's like, don't talk about the finals. It's over with. Nobody cares what happened in 2000. And that's, and that's the truth. I mean, 2020, nobody gives a shit what happened at 2019 NFR. It's it's a new year. Mm-hmm. Anybody can make it. And it's it's a long, long, just because you made it last year don't mean you're going to make it again. It's a long road. It's it's long. Lane Ivy with the sage advice. You're right. Yeah, yeah. He's he's an opinionated guy himself, <laughs> too. Yeah, he's a little different. He's the only person who sought me out to write the cheat sheet and wrote the cheat sheet himself that I do I don't know I do like this little pre-go-round cheat sheet every day during the finals that says somebody's opinion he asked me to do it and then wrote it himself and sent it to me that's never happened before see Ivy he he will disagree with you just to have an argument when you're talking to him about stuff like (laughs) Mm -hmm. he's so opinionated like he will disagree even if he agrees he's going to disagree so he can argue with you I love it I love participation because a lot of times, I am just begging for somebody to help participate with me. So I, know. I, I love it. I mean, he's, I mean, I love him to death. I mean, he's the best man in my wedding. So mm-hmm. I mean, I love him to death. But that's that's just how he is. That's that's lame. That's awesome. I love it. Well, thank you, Tate. Yeah, <laughs> Good luck today. Guys. Thank you. Before we go, we've got to thank our partners at Safe Choice and Neutrina for sponsoring this episode of the Score. Check them out at neutrinaworld.com backslash safe choice to meet all of your horse's nutritional needs. Thank you all so much for listening to this episode, this interview with Tate Kirkenslager. We really appreciate your time. We appreciate that you are spending your drives or your time in the office or your time on the tractor, whatever you're doing in your free time. Thank you for including us.